0: Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. And today we are... What are we going to talk about today?
1: Today we are going to talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield.
0: So, this is part two.
1: Yes. And there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers for the whole game, because you've actually finished the game-ish.
0: So, we're going to talk about everything. Shall we start with some stats? Go ahead. So, you finished the game last time round, in 33 hours and 19 minutes, and you had collected 172 Pokemon. Yes. And this time around, I almost finished the main story in 39 hours and 37 minutes. And I collected 153 Pokemon. So, so when you say you almost finished, where did you get to? I didn't actually beat Leon. And I'm pretty sure that's the last fight, last match. It's the last match in the the main story of the game, yes. So I need to I need my, give you my excuse, and then you need to bless it. See, he was one-shotting me. It was 3am last night, and I'd lost a few times. I, I saw it's 3am, then I gave up. I, was, I just had enough. Yeah, you sent me a message
1: today saying, "Like I'm sorry, I was up until 3am yesterday and I couldn't beat Leon. Is it okay if I stop? And I was like, you're up until 3am? You madman. Yes, you can stop. Also, you're terrible
0: at this game. <laughs> this will be like a, a, something we'll explore over the next hour.
1: Yeah, I I really don't get
0: how this happened. I
1: I can only assume it's like context switching or something because you've got more distractions when you're playing. Because, yeah, you took about six hours longer and you lost. I mean, having said that, part of the reason I think I found it easy was because I was over-leveled. I mean, I say that, we should look at our parties and see what the relative levels are. And then what? Should I I say my final, final stats? Because I also just took a snapshot this morning when I officially put the game down before this podcast. So final stats for me, 55 hours and 10 minutes and I have caught 300 Pokemon. I was really just going for quantity at the end. I was just like going, evolve this, evolve that, use a stone (laughs) on this all these low-level Pokemon in my party and try and level them up to get them to evolve. So I I did get 300. I, I think this is the first game where I could reasonably complete the Pokedex. Because they have made the trading much easier. You can get Pokemon from the other game from doing raids as well, sometimes it seems. And also, you have the other game, so we could just trade the ones we're missing. So I do feel like I could potentially complete the pokedex this time this is the first time i've ever felt like i could actually really do it
0: was there a strategy to 300 or was it just let me do a raid here let me evolve this let me do that was it by luck or did you have a strategy that you'd built
1: from no there was no particular strategy i was just playing and catching stuff as i went and just in the last couple of hours today i was like well let's just see how many extras i can sweep up before i officially you know Put the mark on it.
0: But internet resources? None? None needed?
1: I, ha- I had a quick look about how to evolve certain things. Because th- there were some that are in my party, and I was like, what level does this have to be to evolve? And I was like, oh, it only evolves through trading. It's like, fine, get out and <laughs> put a different one in. Because, <laughs> like you know, we've hardly traded. I think we did it once. Yeah. But we've basically never been playing at the same time since.
0: <laughs> Is now a good time to talk about our high-level battle strategy. Go ahead. Let's hear yours.
1: Uh, Do you mean in general? Do you mean for, like, the gyms? Do you mean for, like, raids? For gyms. And so this isn't so much the battle strategy as the prep strategy then, it seems, because I think it was really funny when we were having a chat to prepare the notes for this podcast about how easy or hard we found gyms. Because you mentioned Gym 6, which in Shield is the ice gym, you found hard. And I said, oh yeah, Gym 6, which in Sword is the rock gym, I found that hard as well. And then I said, it was the first gym where I didn't beat the whole gym with just one Pokemon. And you were like, what the? (laughs) You, You were really shocked.
0: And you thought I was taking the piss. My definition of hard was I had to change the whole team, change all six Pokemon to handle that gym. I actually lost that battle, but you didn't. You just had to go onto your second Pokemon. Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I have
1: no idea why you've been having such a hard time, but for me, I was generally making sure to always have a Pokemon with the right type advantage going into the gym. So... For the first gym, it was really easy because my starter was Scorbunny, which is fire type. And the first gym is grass. So my starter Pokemon already had an advantage. But for the second gym, that was water. So I actually went out and caught a Yamper and evolved it into a Boltund and used that for the water gym. And again, I literally just one shot everything in that gym with Boltund and... Beat the gym leader using only Boltons. I didn't have to switch out Pokemon at all. Third gym. The fire gym. Similar strategy. I went and caught a Dupida I think. And then leveled it up until it was an Araquanid. Whatever. It was strong enough to basically one shot everything in that gym. So yeah. My strategy was to catch a Pokemon with a type advantage. On the way to the gym. At least up until Gym 6. And then Gym 6, I actually hadn't got anything that had the right, you know, I didn't have anything that was the right type to be super effective against Rock. That was at level. I just wasn't prepared for it, but I just brute forced it. I think I just went in with Cinderace and then Toxtricity, which is really funny because both of those are weak against Rock. But I was just
0: like, boom, over level, punch it to the, you know, faints. So that's what I've been doing wrong. I have this idea of a battle strategy, but it's all about having the right prep strategy.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're going in with a disadvantage, like the wrong types, well, it's going to go badly, right? And it did. Yeah, because the the type advantage is such a huge, huge thing. Because I think you're doing if you if you've got super effective, you know, because if you've got the type advantage, you're doing at least double damage, and sometimes quadruple damage. So. It makes a huge, huge difference. Or even if you are not strong against them attack-wise, if at least their attacks are not very effective against you, again, you can just tank so many hits.
0: Okay. Let's talk about the story.
1: Actually, there really isn't much to say about the story. It's just... I don't know, I felt like we should mention it, because... Your summary. (laughs) Your summary. Your summary. Uh chairman rose was the bad guy surely no one saw that coming and team yell weren't the bad guys team yell were just misunderstood team yell are idiots i don't know how you're supposed to feel about spikemouth gym because like they're the only gym without a power spot and all the other gyms like these massive like stadiums and like high production values and spikemouth gym is just like this tiny playground with a chain link fence it seems like are you meant to feel bad for them and that's why they've got a bunch of hooligans running around yelling at people i'm not sure what the moral of that story was it's the alternative jim mm. and then what else to say there's the overarching story of the darkest day and Pokemon lore and Eternatus or something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was quite fun. It's kind of predictable.
0: It's a kid's game. Probably shouldn't expect war and peace. <laughs> what did you make of the gym gym missions?
1: See, I personally thought the gym missions were pretty forgettable. Like I was quite surprised the first time. You know, we did one. Like, going into the the grass gym for the first time and having to round up the sheep and stuff. You know, like, that surprised me. I was like, oh, are they all going to be like this? And, like, every gym mission is different. Some are more fun than others. But, yeah, they were kind of just, like, for a bit of variety. I think if they had been completely absent, not much would have been lost, you know? Maybe I'm just
0: heartless. Is it is it possible to have appropriate filler content? Is there such a thing? Necessary filler?
1: I'm trying to think, like, if any of them were particularly good. Like, you know, there were some really weird ones. There's one that's, like, literally an action minigame where you've got to, like, spin the stick and you're in, like, a little bumper car. That was quite fun, but just totally random. You know, like, why? Or, I guess, the Spikemouth one is... The most boring because you're literally just like walking down a long corridor and doing a series of fights. Yeah. The the Water Gym one was the one that felt the closest to the classic Pokemon games because that was like kind of a a light puzzle while doing battles.
0: The quiz one was almost unnecessary. Oh, I so dumb. And there's some again like what's the deal with Opal, right? Isn't there some question where
1: you have to like guess her age and the right answer is 18, right?
0: Like yes. Come yeah. on. I'm like seriously. But the last gym?
1: I mean, the last gym is just a sequence of gym battles again. But they're doubles battles. But but that's not unique to this gym. So, no, sorry, no, just to derail things. A bit. When
0: it's really... I know, I know. We already have gone through this. But it's when it sort of presents itself properly in the game. I know it appears... It's already... A, you've already come across it. Yeah, I do know that. what you're saying. Because this
1: gym is the first time where they really showcase how the doubles battles can be different. Like, there are doubles battles in the gym previously. But it's always been like, here's two Pokemon fight them you know whereas in this gym they're very much like here's two pokemon and we've paired these two pokemon specifically to cause you this problem you know like this one's going to cause a sandstorm this one is immune to the sandstorm damage you know like you know it's they're paired for a specific reason and it makes you realize oh there's the potential for a lot more strategy in Pokemon. When there are two Pokemon on each side, like suddenly a whole bunch of moves that seemed kind of pointless suddenly seem quite good. Because, you know, in all of the individual battles, I mean, we didn't specifically go into it, but, you know, my high level strategy is literally smack them so hard they go down in one hit. Like, why would I spend effort using a buff move when I could just take them out in one hit? you know the turn where i try to buff myself they're just going to hit me and if i just hit them first then i'm not going to take any damage but in the doubles battles suddenly it makes a bit more sense because you might not have the perfect type matchup against both of them and so maybe one of your pokemon should buff the other one or put up a defensive measure or something or heal them or you know any number of things and your other pokemon
0: can smack them as hard as they like you also mentioned that this is the approach taken by the the other Pokemon. The other game.
1: Pokemon game. Well, then the Pokemon that's not Pokemon, Temtem. Yes. Yeah. So in Temtem, every battle is a doubles battle, which I think gives the opportunity for much more strategy. I haven't played Temtem though. I've just seen some Let's Plays. Okay.
0: And something else I wanted to call out in sort of the final set of battles was the raid battle for. Eternatus it was nice to have a raid battle in the in the main campaign it's also the first time
1: you get to see Zashian and Zamazenta fighting and they're so cool well Zashian's so cool did you have animations turned on again by this point
0: yes yes I I, I messaged you when I turned it back on it was quite early on after our recording
1: yeah, cuz I remember last time you said that you turned them off and I was like you need to turn them on to see Moth Blade. It's so cool. Yeah, I just I just really like Moth Blade. I think it's like the coolest looking animation in Pokemon so far. I mean, it does look like something out of Dark Souls. It's literally like Sif the Great Grey Wolf with the giant sword and then it does, you know, this big leaping slash and there's like ninja style like sh- sh- like cuts across their face and then finally huge explosion, and cool guys don't look at explosions, walk away. Yeah, so I'm glad I got Zashian. (laughs) And I did actually catch Zashian as well, but I couldn't bring myself to name it Sword Boy. I just thought it was too stupid in the end. (laughs) I caught it, and it was like, do you want to give Zashian a nickname? And I was like, actually, no, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, so you don't actually get Zashian or Zamazenta In the main campaign. You just defeat Eternatus, catch Eternatus, and then have the final championship match with Leon. But there is a post-game quest where you pretty much just do a victory lap of all the gyms. And fight a raid battle in each one. Ooh. But I think the first couple are like regular raid battles. And then later on they become like weird solo raid battles. But... I don't know. I think I was really over-leveled by this point, so they were really easy. It's also kind of funny, because you're literally... your quest is to try and prevent the restoration of the monarchy. Like, these two guys show up, Swordwood and Shieldbert, and one of them has a haircut like a sword, like sticking straight up, and the other one has a haircut like, you know, Zamazenta's shield, and it's all like coming out the sides, like a spiky shield. style. Yeah, and it's just like... <laughs> Are you guys for real? And and the two of them are just like being really arrogant and douchey and talking about how they're the descendants of the the true kings of Galar and they're going to you know take the throne and you have to chase them all around the Galar region, going to all the gyms and fighting stuff. And eventually, it culminates in you catching well one of Zashin and Zamazenta, and then Hop will catch the other one, and you have a final battle with him. Although, actually. My battle with Zacian was really anticlimactic because I won the previous battle against Zamazenta with Haxorus, which is like a dragon Pokemon, and went straight into the Zashian fight. And I didn't check if I was healed or not, and I wasn't healed. So I was like, oh, whoops. So the first turn I just had to use a full restore to heal myself because I was on really low health. And then on the second turn I went to attack... I then discovered that none of my moves would do anything, because Zashian is a fairy-type Pokemon, and fairy is immune to dragon, and so I just threw a dusk ball at it to see what would happen, and I caught it. So, I had a very anticlimactic fight.
0: Doesn't matter though, caught it. was <laughs> well it? Shall we move on to our Pokemon?
1: Yeah, let's talk about our parties then. So, I mean, I took a snapshot of my party just after the Leon fight, so I would remember what it was like, and I guess you've done the same? Yeah, Ooh, not after, just before, <laughs> by... during. So, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to just read them out?
0: Yeah, let's just read them out.
1: So, my party for Leon was Haxorus, which is Dragon type, level 60, Cinderace, which was my starter, fire type, level 68. Toxtricity, an electricity poison type, level 66. Eternatus, just because I just caught it and it was cool. So that's poison dragon, level 61. Kling Klang, a steel type, level 55.
0: And Delmise ghost grass level 57 let's talk about this leon battle did you take out the entire team with one pokemon i don't think i did this
1: time i i I honestly don't remember because it was quite a long time ago so i can't remember exactly how the fight went down but i can't even remember what his pokemon were other than he obviously had charizard yeah yeah and the
0: Whatever Sobble evolves into, were you worried about the Dynamaxed Charizard?
1: I think that was the one that gave me the most trouble because I didn't have anything appropriate to fight it with. Because Charizard, I think, is fire and flying. So really, I should have had a rock type, but I didn't have any rock type stuff. I think I just literally brute forced it. But I don't remember with what. Like, it it may have been just Cinderace, just like smacking it with other fire moves. And, you know, it's not very effective, but doesn't matter if you hit it with enough force.
0: But obviously, still winning it on the first go. Yeah, I still won first try. Sorry. So let's talk about a team that won't beat Leon. So, my team Corviknight, Flying and Steel type, level 64, Tickersby normal and ground type, level 62. Rillaboom, grass type, level 61. Gloom, grass and poison type, level 60. Unpheasant, normal and flying type, level 60. Thievul, dark type, level 58. So let's look at the level ranges. Here you've got for you, it's level 68 to level 55. I was level 58 to level 64. Does that that make a big difference?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's possible the Cinderace, you know, having those four extra levels made a difference, but I don't think four levels will make that much difference. I think the bigger problem for you is that literally... I was about to say all. Is it all? Almost all of your squad is weak to fire. Yes, that was a problem. So I think that's your main problem. You just need more variety in there because all the grass ones, all the steel ones are going to be vulnerable to fire. And because you had Grookey as your starter, he's going to have, well, he already has Charizard and he's going to have Cinderace as well.
0: So so this is why you're just better at this game I mean, line. You clearly have like an innate understanding of the type system. Yes. I'm sorry. How can you not understand this? I don't play Pokemon. But... I just went for the highest level like the bigger the number the better so you start okay you're right so there's definitely more variety in your in your team like there's no doubling up well really. I I
1: deliberately did swap things out to try and plug weaknesses in my team like I knew my team has a weakness to ground for example things like that and you know I was trying to you know fill gaps that's why in the end like having Haxorus and Eternatus was useful because they're both dragon type, which means they're only weak to other dragons and ice. And I don't think he's got any
0: of those. I see that Cinderace is your highest leveled Pokemon. So you stuck with your starter?
1: I had this weird attachment to Cinderace because, you know, it's like, oh, Cinderace is my first Pokemon. So I think naturally Cinderace was higher level and I actually deliberately... <laughs> did stuff to make sure Cinderace remained the highest level. So, you know, when I was reading out my party, I said Haxorus first, and that's because Haxorus is actually at the head of the party, carrying an amulet coin for getting more money. So, you know, Haxorus was actually the one at the front of the party, not Cinderace. And similarly, for a while, Toxtricity was actually at the head of the party as well. And previously, Obstagoon, I mean, I didn't mention it there, but for a while Obstagoon was at the head of the party so Cinderace was actually often not at the head of the party after the start of the game because I was trying to level a particular Pokemon to get them into shape for whatever the next gym was but whenever they were in danger of overtaking Cinderace in terms of levels then I'd put them back at the back and put Cinderace at the front again to keep Cinderace ahead or just literally swap them out of the party like that's why Obstagoon's not in there anymore because it was like oh Obstagoon's getting too close to Cinderace I need to move them out So yeah, that's why Cinderace is such a high level.
0: I think it's really interesting to hear everyone's approach.
1: That had this irrational
0: attachment to Cinderace.
1: But everyone gets attached. That's the beauty of Pokemon. Yeah, I guess so. I still didn't give any of them nicknames. I still feel like giving them a nickname would be weird.
0: Not even Cinderace. Well, I I said last time it'd be weird just to have one with a nickname, you know. But clearly, he's your favorite. He or she is your favorite.
1: It, well, it's been funny now because Cinderace, Cinderace is now you know like a, a Pokemon breeding factory. It's terrible. I've left, I've left Cinderace and Ditto behind at the nursery, and I'm just picking up eggs every now and then, just spitting out score bunnies just to, to trade with people. Yeah, but that's a very recent development. That was like a oh, we're gonna talk about the game soon. I should try and hatch some score bunny eggs slash trade with you. But then we didn't actually trade in the end.
0: UK references.
1: Well, Galar, the Galar region, is inspired by the UK. Yes. We, we did. We actually didn't really talk about this at all last time. I think we did talk about it in a main in the past when we discovered that that Pokemon Sword and Shield's region was going to be modelled after the UK. But we didn't really talk about it At all in the actual Pokemon Sword and Shield app
0: So we're going to talk about it now Yes
1: Does it really make you think of the UK? Yes it does I mean it's got a few UK touches but I I don't know I I think I was expecting some Like really hardcore In your face UK references Like There were two kind of like comedy things Done by other people like obviously unofficial not real pokemon stuff before the game released that felt way more uk and 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 i think they really got my hopes up in like a slightly insane way so there was a guy who was like making up pokemon and when he heard it was done in the uk he made up some like uk themed pokemon for it so he had like ben big and ben massive which is like modeled after Big Ben, obviously, or Hello, which is like a policeman's helmet, and then Hello, Hello, which is two of them, and then finally Hello, 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 which is three of them. That would have been really good. Yeah, so I'm not sure any of the real Pokemon
0: quite live up to that level of UK silliness. That would require a really strong localization team, though, having something that culturally sensitive. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's true. I guess. I guess it's true. There's no there's no good having in jokes that only UK people will get. I mean, it is a global game. There was also the dub of a Pokemon episode in Scottish, which like was so authentic that even native English speakers need a translation. Like it's like I'm your dad. Like I could understand it, but I could not speak like that. Like, you know, watching it, I was like, yeah, I know what he's, I understand what he's saying, but I could not speak like that.
0: So you you were disappointed?
1: Yeah, it was kind of just like bland, you know, it was like UK light. But then I think I was just expecting too much because, well, because the first few Pokemon regions, I guess, are based on Japan and I just. You know, I don't really know that much about Japan, so I wouldn't be able to know one way or the other. But I guess there was a region, you know, they had a region based on France. They had a region based on New York. They had a region based on Hawaii. And I don't know how much like those places were those regions. So, you know, this was fine. Do you want to talk about some of the
0: UK Pokemon? Well, you say, you say UK UK Pokemon. I feel like, yes, we should. Yes, we should. I mean, they're not
1: really UK Pokemon, but... Exactly. Some of them actually have kind of references to the UK, and some of them really don't. Like, Dragapult just looks like a B-52 bomber, and it's a ghost dragon. Like, that one is just, like... I guess it was just a funny idea, and they ran with it. But but some of them are quite UK-like. So there's Roly-Coly, and then Carcol and Colossal. Like, coal, I guess, was an integral bit of UK culture. Or the badgers. Like, they, you know, the, are they, are they raccoons or ferrets originally? Zigzagoon and Linone. And then now there's obviously Obstagoon as well. And they're all black and white in the Galar region, like badgers. I thought that was actually really cool.
0: Nothing to say. Nothing you feel strongly about. No, no, because it all seems Galarian wheezing?
1: It's like got big top hats and also smokestacks. It's a cool design. Okay, that's quite
0: that's quite cool.
1: Surfetched. It's like a knight. It's carrying a lance made out of a leek. Greedent. When you knock it out, it just poops out a bunch of berries. Snom.
0: It literally looks like a butt made of snow. Alright, fine. The thing is, it's just they've thrown everything at the wall, and what a starker start! Come, but most of it's fallen off. <laughs> so it's not like oh, everyone is a winner and it's absolute genius. It's just they just threw it. They just threw it. They just threw it all at the wall.
1: Yeah, for sure. Some are better than others.
0: People seem to go mad about Wooloo. It's just because it's got a funny name, Wooloo. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's a kid's game. I don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) It's like, it's a kid's game. Yeah, okay, fine. That probably
1: does explain quite a lot of it. There's also Morpico, Morpico, I don't know. It's like a hangry Pikachu. But it is literally like a little hamster. It's like a little electric hamster that just becomes hangry. And I was just like, is this cool or is this just like lazy? Exactly. Exactly. Having said that, there were just so many Pokemon that I didn't know because... Didn't play a lot of the preceding games. I actually had to specifically pull up a list of just the Galar ones for reference. Actually there was some quite nice UK stuff in there. Like in the clothing shops, I was surprised that you could buy a scally cap. I was like, is that rude? Scally. Oh maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure anymore. Or tracky bottoms Did you buy these? I actually didn't buy that many clothes I I really intended to But then in the end I just didn't buy a lot of stuff I, I tried a lot of it on And I just didn't like the look of any of it I was quite happy with how my character looked Like from the start of the game I just bought this like Camp curry t-shirt I think they called it And it's like a uh, Shuckle eating curry I don't know I just liked that t-shirt And I just wore it for the whole game Did you get a new bag? I did buy a new bag, but then I decided I liked my old one better and I switched back. (laughs) Like, I actually bought, I actually did buy several changes of clothes and in the end, I just decided I didn't really like them and I changed back into my original gear. And the same with the league card. Like, I really intended to buy new clothes and make a new league card every few gyms, but every time I tried it out, I was just like, I like my existing league card better. So I just kept it.
0: Have you already shared your primary league card? Yeah, I, I shared it last time. Okay,
1: I, I mean I have updated it since. So I think the version I shared before was like right from the very start of the game. Like then you know the latest version obviously has my trainer number on it, and it's got like a shiny finish and all sorts of other stuff, but. It's fundamentally the same picture of cool guys don't look at explosions where I look (laughs) slightly worried and there's a big explosion in Leon behind me.
0: Let's talk about the map.
1: It's basically the UK upside down. So London's at the top. Sorry, I mean Wyndon. I can buy that. I found an article that basically maps each of the Galar cities to their real life equivalent because well other than Wyndon the rest weren't like completely obvious to me but after reading this article I was like oh yeah I can believe that I think Sirchester being Bath was the only other one that seemed pretty obvious like architecturally but I haven't actually spent that much time in like Liverpool or Manchester or anything so I guess I don't know them so well I mean I have been to them but
0: not that many times I'm surprised you bought it. That means it's Oh, well, that's validation enough. Yeah, it seem you know, it seems like a plausible mapping to me.
1: And there were I guess there were other nice touches, like I fought a PC Bobby, like police constable Bobby. I'm pretty sure I fought a postman Pat. And the school uniforms when you're fighting the school kids, like they really look like the school uniform I actually wore as a ten year old.
0: I mean you're going to tell me you didn't wear a school uniform. Yeah, we school we wore school uniform, but it wasn't like that then. I don't remember what they looked like in the game. Ah. Uh-huh. Just like be- real
1: life. Just like real life is the answer. <laughs> so, I guess it had enough of the flavor of the UK. It wasn't a disappointment,
0: but nor was it a deep well of in jokes. Was it quaint? Was it quaint? Yes, it was quaint. I think it captured that, I guess.
1: It was really small, though. Like, this is is getting to more a criticism of the game rather than any UK-specific thing. But didn't you feel like... What's the second town? Because you you start in Postwick, and then you've got to get to the first town with the train station. And... The distance between those two towns is like a hundred meters, like everything is so close together. Uh, maybe the other Pokemon games were like this too, and I just didn't notice, or you know maybe it's because it's all 3D now and you you move faster, but everything seemed really close together.
0: I'm not sure what you expected i I didn't have any expectations coming in.
1: Yeah, I expected something like The Witcher 3, a vast and open... (laughs) I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've never played The Witcher 3. I think we still haven't had, you know, that Breath of the Wild moment for Pokemon. No. I mean, the Wild Area was a poor attempt at that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's so much more they could do. Yes, definitely. And... It's quite jarring the transition between the wild area and the normal game too. Because when you're in the wild area, you can control the camera and the frame rate is terrible. But in the rest of the game, you can't. And it was really noticeable for me because I spent so much time in the wild area catching stuff. And then went back to a few specific routes to try and catch a particular Pokemon. And suddenly I couldn't move the camera again. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. It's only the wild area that it behaves like that.
0: It would be cool if you were given this coordinate on a Breath of the Wild-sized map to catch this Pokemon. But the problem is with Pokemon is that you've got this school kid who in the space of two weeks becomes a Pokemon champion.
1: Yeah, that's true, actually. It really did make me think. I mean, like, this is the problem. I mean, again, it's a game for school kids. I know we're going all over the place here and we're kind of going back a bit, but... Like, what's wrong with all the people in this world? Are they incompetent? Like, is the average IQ of, like, the Pokemon universe, like, 60 or something? Like, why is this cool kid able to, like, destroy everyone? Like, why is this guy the unbeatable champion? Uh, Maybe maybe because everyone makes their party like you and not like me. I don't know. (laughs) Like, seriously, man. It's like, I was like a 10 year old kid and I beat like a grown adult at something they've been working on their whole life. Sorry. But that's Pokemon as a whole, you know, I think all the games are like that.
0: So let's talk about everything else. Yeah, seeing as we started
1: slipping into tangents anyway, let's go into a section
0: specifically for tangents. So I wanted to start with the the biggest quality of life improvement, I thought. During the Pokemon battles, if you've encountered an enemy Pokemon already, you'll know the effectiveness of your moves. It will say alongside each move,
1: Yeah, this is hugely helpful. I think you can bring up an information screen as well and it will show you the type of the opposing Pokemon. And yes, on each of your moves it will also say whether it's effective, super effective, or not very effective. Which is hugely, hugely helpful. It definitely didn't do this in the days of Red and Blue. I'm not sure when they started telling you this. Like, I can't remember if it told you in Sun and Moon. But regardless, it definitely tells you now and it's very helpful.
0: And it also does this for when you come to swapping a Pokemon. It will tell you, if you're swapping for XYZ, how effective they are. So that's super helpful as well.
1: It doesn't tell you when you are swapping after your opponent has fainted. So that's the only time when you actually have to remember. I actually think it's an option that you can turn off if you want to. Because I think maybe the classic Pokemon games didn't allow you to do this. But when a Pokemon... Faints in this game, you, even though you just made them faint, get an opportunity to change your Pokemon as well. And it will tell you your opponent is about to send in Rillaboom or something. But when you go and look at your Pokemon, it won't tell you what's super effective anymore. You just have to know, okay, Rillaboom is grass type, so I should choose a fire type, for example.
0: Something else I struggled with was searching for Pokemon in my boxes. But maybe. I'm such a newbie, I'm actually using it or doing it all wrong. I only noticed in the last few hours
1: I was playing that there is actually a search option in the boxes. So at the bottom of the screen, there is actually an option that says search and you can click on that and specifically type in like the first letter of the Pokemon you're looking for and then it'll give you a list of all the Pokemon that start with that letter and you can choose that one. And then it'll gray out all the Pokemon other than the ones that match your filter. And because you can also filter by, like, by type and by other criteria, too. So you can filter by type? Yes. Oh. Uh. Yeah, so <laughs> there is a search function, and it does actually let you do that. But I, I didn't notice it for hours and hours and hours. Because <laughs> to begin with, I was always trying to, like, sort the Pokemon. Yes. Or there was, like, some filter thing at the top of the screen. And it was only literally in, like, the last, like five, ten hours I was playing that I noticed oh, there's a search option at the bottom of the screen. Oh, I can search by name. I can search by type. And that was a huge improvement.
0: So that answers my question. I was being an idiot.
1: Well, so it is in there, but I don't think they make it very visually distinct.
0: And so I also missed it for a long time. The UI suggests there's a search, but I couldn't find it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's like Your brain looks at the screen and takes in that there is a search function because your brain's obviously read that there is search. But somehow you naturally look for it in the wrong place and you just start selecting like icons. It's like, well, I don't know what this icon means. Maybe this icon is search. And you're somehow completely ignoring the fact that it literally says search at the bottom of the screen.
0: We suffer from the same blindness. I don't know. It's interesting. There's
1: probably some like deep human psychological thing you can glean from this about how brains work or maybe we're both just idiots and just suffered from the same problem
0: so you wanted to talk about the battle tower
1: yeah i think you know what is there to do after you finish the story and the post-game story so there's complete the pokedex which is what i was trying to do there's shiny hunting which just seems like a massive waste of time to me, but to each their own. I know some people really like it. I actually do have one shiny Pokemon.
0: What is a shiny Pokemon? What's so special?
1: I don't think there's anything special about it. Actually, It's funny because I actually, I actually do play Pokemon Go and I do the community day every month to get the shinies. I don't know why. Yeah, you're right. Shiny hunting is just like this dangerous path to go down because then you just keep doing it and it's a huge time sink. A shiny Pokemon is literally just a Pokemon that's a different color to the normal one. Actually, the mechanics of shiny Pokemon, I think, are quite interesting because I actually think it's like like Bitcoin mining almost. I think it's something like it randomly generates a UUID for the Pokemon and your trainer ID is also like a UUID or something. And if the last X digits match, then it becomes shiny. It, it's something like that. Don't quote me, actually I'm recording a podcast so you probably can quote me, but the someone should look you should look it up properly from a proper source because I'm just paraphrasing but yeah, so basically there is a low probability that a Pokemon can be shiny and it just means it's a different color and, and I have one that I caught while doing a raid and I didn't notice it was shiny until afterwards when I noticed the icon in my Pokedex had a shiny thing I was like hang on, I have a shiny one. And then I looked back through my Pokemon boxes and I was like, oh yeah, I do have a shiny one. But anyway, sorry. So that is definitely something people do in the end game. And then the other one I think is the battle tower, or at least it's presented as something to do in the end game. So competitive Pokemon battles against the AI, or I think you can play humans too. And the rules in the battle tower are different. To the main game. So, you know, in the main game, part of the reason I found it easy was because I did just power through, like I was higher level, especially at the end in the post game quest. But in the battle tower, you can choose solos or doubles battles. And in solos, you pick three Pokemon. I think in doubles, maybe you pick six. I'm not even sure. I, I haven't actually tried the doubles battles. But your Pokemon are all set to level 50. So, you can't win just by being over-leveled. And so it matters much more the moves you're choosing, the composition of your party, because you, you can only send in three Pokemon, and also stuff like IVs and EVs, which I we should talk about in a bit. And so, yeah, it was much harder. And the Battle Tower is the first time I actually lost. So... Yeah, so you know, in the battle tower, you don't know what your opponent's gonna send out, the party is well, their party's their party, you can't tell what it is. And you also can't swap out your Pokemon after their Pokemon faint. Like the rules are stricter too. Leon sets up the battle tower after he stops being the champion after you beat him, and you can fight him again in the battle tower. To gain the ability to appraise Pokemon, which basically tells you their IVs. And yeah, the battle against Leon, I lost like six times back to back. Like I was literally like having to try out different combinations of Pokemon. And then I was like, right, he's going to use this. So I should use this. And I'd send in that group and then his set of three Pokemon would be different. And I'd be like, wait a minute. (laughs) That's not the rules. You're supposed to be an AI. So yeah, he just beat me back to back multiple times. And I eventually managed to eke out a victory. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but, well, purely because I think if you want to be competitive in the battle tower, it's a lot of work. Uh, they, do actually give, they actually give you an option of using a pre-made party. So you can actually rent Pokemon in the battle tower. That have good IVs and are properly EV trained. Because I think they know that just going in with your party of Pokemon, it's going to be hard work. Did you rent your Pokemon? No, I used my party. I was like, no, Cinderace forever. You can do it. And I eventually won. And I unlocked the appraisability, ability. And then I appraised Cinderace. And Cinderace's stats were absolute trash. And I was like, oh no, poor Cinderace. No wonder he had so much trouble. Yeah, because I think Cinderace has okay stats, which is the polite way of saying garbage. Actually, before I go on to IVs and EVs, the other random trivia is Toby Fox of Undertale fame did the music for the Battle Tower. So random. And it was. I didn't really like it actually, which is surprising because I actually I really like the music in Undertale, but Battle Tower music didn't really do anything for me.
0: You've not mentioned the music at all. Because
1: I actually I really like the gym leader battle music. Do you
0: remember it? Yes, yes, I remember the gym leader battle music.
1: It's actually really cool. And then like there's the bit where you dynamax and the whole crowd is like cheering and like doing like this like uh, like like a football chant or something. I actually thought the gym leader battle music was really good. The rest of the music was... It was fitting. I did like it, but... The one that really sticks in my head is the one from the Gym Leader Battles. So your realisation? Oh, well... I... Must resist the temptation to talk about it in too much detail, because... Number one, I'm kind of clueless. And number two, it would take like... Half an hour at least. But... I think this has existed since Gen 1, and I just didn't know about it until really recently. So, Pokemon have IVs, individual values, I think, and EVs, effort values. So, IVs are, like, innate to a Pokemon, and they just say, like, how good their stats are in each stat. And so, they range from, like, best to okay and so like you know cinderace's stats are mostly like okay whereas some of the other pokemon like caught from raid battles that are like best 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 you know and so if you take a pokemon at level 50 that has like perfect ivs versus one that has just like okay ivs the one with perfect ivs will be noticeably stronger And then EVs are another crazy thing because every time your Pokemon makes another Pokemon faint, it gains EV points in a stat. And the stat that it gains depends on what the enemy Pokemon was. And a Pokemon can gain up to a certain number of EV stats, but no more. And so you have this problem of if you want to make a really competitive Pokemon, you number one need to catch Pokemon or breed Pokemon until they have like perfect IVs and then you need to make them only fight specific Pokemon such that they have their perfect EVs as well. You don't want to waste EV points in a stat that isn't important to this Pokemon. So it's like a huge amount of effort. Although I think you can also just spend money and pump them full of drugs because you can also (laughs) raise EVs by feeding them vitamins. So it's just like, you know, here I've bred a perfect cinderace now calcium just keep eating this until your EVs go to the right level. I don't know. I don't know that much about it. I read a guide and then I watched a tutorial on YouTube and then I was like, this is way too much effort. I did start down the road of trying to like breed a perfect cinder race and then I just gave up because <laughs> I realised how much work it would be.
0: How how far did you get? So I caught a ditto
1: And I appraised the Ditto and I appraised the Cinderace. And then I started trying to catch better and better Dittos, but I never caught a Ditto that was really that good. And then I was like, I could just keep grinding for Dittos or I could just forget this whole thing. And I just forgot the whole thing. And then I just shoved Ditto and Cinderace, you know, the best Ditto I had in the daycare and just got some school bunny eggs. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not really going to become a competitive Pokemon champion. So, why why waste the time? You know That, that
0: dream is gone. <laughs> it's another one of those, you know how much work is involved. So, you're giving up. Yeah, exactly. Give up. Fail fast, right? Fail fast. That's what they say. So, we talked about your stats at the very beginning of the episode. And you'd gone from 33 hours to 55 hours yep what were you doing
1: yeah so i obviously did the post game quest but that didn't take 20 something hours so i think a lot of it was just wandering around the wild area and doing raids some of them were my own raids where i would go and throw in a wishing piece or find a raid den but a lot of them was queuing for the online matchmaking and trying to get into other people's raids which is really frustrating and also i literally had to have someone explain how to do it to me like i think i tried to read up how to do it and was confused and then someone had to literally talk me through it over whatsapp it was not obvious to me at all so basically you have to go online and then You know that you get those like random stamps that's like, I caught this Pokemon, or I evolved this Pokemon. So other people's raids will show up in that list when you're online, and you have to go into that list and select that stamp and say, I want to try and join this raid. And more often than not, they'll have already started the raid, or the raid will be full. And so you'll just get a random error message that's very uninformative, like, connection could not be established or the other console did not respond and then it's like is there a problem with my online access is an internet problem you know it's like no it it just means that they started the raid already so i think like my success rate for getting into raids was like five percent or something there's a lot of like wandering around and then trying to keep an eye on like the you know the sticker chart you can filter it to only show max raids And like, yeah, the best chance you had was every now and then you get an option to refresh the stickers. So just go in, refresh the stickers and immediately try and join a raid. But it's like beggars can't be choosers, you know, it's like, oh, I really want to try and catch a Rapidash or something. But are there any Rapidash raids? No, fine. I'll just do this other one then.
0: Can you not start the raid and have people join you?
1: I mean, you can, but what are the chances that you've got that particular raid? Right, you you can throw in a wishing piece, and then you'll have a raid. But is it one for a Pokemon you want to catch? But but the raid Pokemon are really good IVs, as I discovered, (laughs) compared to the ones you catch in the wild. Like a lot of the raid Pokemon have four perfect IVs, and some of them actually were literally perfect. Like they were all best, 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 best. So. I think I actually have a level seventy Magikarp with perfect IVs. I'm not even sure what to do with it. Like, what am I going to do with this Magikarp? I guess evolve into Gyarados, but it's funnier as a Magikarp. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they seem to change up the raid battles every now and then. So they had an event recently where you could catch the starters. So you could like the the Gen One starters. So you could catch Charizard, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, or you could also fight Mewtwo, but you weren't allowed to catch Mewtwo. And the variety of Pokemon people use as well is quite interesting now because, you know, Pokemon Home has released, and so people can bring in their Pokemon from previous games too. And suddenly you're starting to see, I think, the legendaries from Pokemon Sun and Moon, like Necrozma or... Solgaleo? I don't really know them. Uh, Someone had a shiny Mewtwo today as well, and I was thinking, is it hacked? How would you get a shiny Mewtwo?
0: Why do you think it's hacked?
1: I I just don't know how you would get a shiny Mewtwo. Maybe there was a way and I just don't know about it, but I was surprised. So, literally, did a Max Ray early today, and one of the other people had a shiny Mewtwo. There was another really funny one where we literally all picked Zashian. It was like four <laughs> Zashians versus like a Ponytar. It was like kind of bad. And then the first Zashian does Beer Moss Blade, boom, and Ponytar's health like instantly halved. It felt a bit unfair. Actually, while we're talking about raids, there is one last thing to say, which is Gigantamax. So, the other thing that I think is unique to raid battles you can Dynamax your Pokemon and that just makes them bigger. But individual Pokemon, so not like the type of Pokemon, but some individual, you know, individuals of that species of Pokemon can Gigantamax, which means not only do they become big, but they change form as well. And all of the Gym Leader's Pokemon are Gigantamax Pokemons. And again, it wasn't obvious to me at first. Like, I thought Okay, well, if I, you know, Dynamax a Charizard, it's going to do the same thing as Leon's one, but actually it doesn't, unless it's a special one that has, like, the Gigantamax gene, for example, although you actually do get a Gigantamax Charmander as your reward for finishing the game. Anyway, random, is just an aside, so I think that's the other reason people end up doing these Max Raid battles, because it's the only way to catch special Gigantamax versions of some of the Pokemon.
0: That's it. That's all you have. That's all you have.
1: Yeah, I think I said enough.
0: I just wanted to finish off with what we mentioned in the last step about camping. You're right. It makes sense to camp. Camping is cool, yo. Okay. Closing thoughts. It was fun, actually. I'm surprised to play 55 hours of it. It didn't get repetitive.
1: Do you think we'll try the DLC?
0: after this recording or after talking to you about it for 90 minutes an hour an hour i think yes i would be up for the dlc now i've realized my mistakes my shortcomings well let's
1: see how we feel when it comes out maybe it'll be like the breath of the wild moment maybe they'll realize what was missing and it will be an incredible you know an incredible new development in pokemon or maybe it'll be a disgusting
0: cash grab, but we'll still all buy it anyway. Do we know where it's based on? No, <laughs> sorry.
1: Yeah, it'd be cool if it was like based on like Scotland and Wales or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: That'd be amazing. Yeah, but I, I don't know. The real question is: Are you done? No more post game. You can close this chapter. I don't know whether to try and complete the Pokedex
1: I think the complete Pokedex is only like 400 and I've got 300 and I've seen like 360 something so you know with some trading from you I could plausibly complete the Pokedex I don't know whether to actually try and do it I mean there's so many other things to play right and there's so many other things I should probably be doing with my time but yeah I don't know
0: are you going to play anymore? The real question is, will I go on and beat Leon? You got to beat Leon. Come on,
1: you got to beat Leon, and you got to catch the legendary dog so you can
0: trade it with me for Pokedex completion. <laughs> okay, are we? Are we both making that commitment to each other?
1: <laughs> to what? Wait, wait, wait! What? I was only <laughs> joking. Are you? Are you saying I have to complete the Pokedex now? Yeah, and no,
0: that only then will I go off and get you this dog for for trading. Okay,
1: if my Pokedex gets to 399 and you're the last piece missing, yeah, for sure I will be <laughs> hounding you. I mean, I need more Pokemon than that from you as well, you know, although I did manage to get a Ponytar and a Rapidash today,
0: so. Okay, let me know, but we do have another book club game coming up. Yes, we do. So Mike, you kindly got us copies for Resident Evil 2 Remake? Yes. During the the holiday sale? Indeed. So let's play this. So this is your choice. Yep. And we are going to
1: quick look in inverted commas. Yes. Well, I mean, how quick it is depends on how much time we've got to play it. But we're committing to doing
0: only one app on the Resident Evil 2 remake. Because we're not going to commit too much time to it because we're looking ahead, right? Ultimately.
1: Because we're going to do the Final Fantasy VII remake after that. Although I'm not sure if we're going to finish that or not either. That might end up being a quick look too. We'll
0: see. Okay.
1: Anyway, the next book club game is...
0: Resident Evil 2 Remake.
1: So play as much as you can slash as much as you want until next month. When we will talk about it. Do you know anything about this game? I think I know much less than I thought I did, actually. Because I did play Resident Evil 2, the original, on the OG PlayStation. But, you know, it was, it was a different time. It was before the internet. So... I don't think I played very much of it. Like, I don't think I knew that there were like two scenarios for each character or anything. So, I think I think I played it through once as I can't even remember if it was Leon or Claire, but I, as one of the characters. And so, I've I've seen much less of the game than than is actually in the game. Like, you know, I don't think I ever encountered Mister X, for example, when I played it as a kid. Okay. So, you know, I know very little. Is, that was a very long say <laughs> winded way of saying I actually don't know that much.
0: Do you know which character you, you're going to play as? No. Do you want us to play the same one or different ones? I thought it would be nice to play different ones. Okay. Who do you want me to play as? You can pick. I wanted to play as Leon. Okay, I'll be Claire. But I can be Claire as well? No, I don't care.
1: You know, I I chose Sword Boy, so you can choose this. Okay, cool. So I'm Claire Redfield. You're Leon Kennedy. We are Lost Levels Club. (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that. Resident Evil 2 Remake
0: for next time. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike dot and
1: dot ting at lostlevels dot club. On Twitter? At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch? As LostLevelsClub Club. Anywhere else? Reddit slash R slash Lost Club.
0: So Michael. What are you grateful for?
1: <sighs> I really Always forget this is coming at the end of the episode. I am grateful for Call of Duty Modern Warfare Warzone, which just showed up out of nowhere and is really fun. You're making a shocked face. So Michael says bye. Bye bye.